Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson. Today, I'll be joined by my co-host, Corey Baumeister, and special guest, Brian Brown Doing. How's it going, boys? Wow, that was a very somber intro, Bradley. I feel so at ease and feel like this is going to be such a relaxed podcast. Honor. Well, you'd be fucking wrong. Oh, there it is. There's that Brad sass. <laughs> I'm doing great, though. How about you, Mr. Brian? Mr. I'm Brian. O- I'm okay. Just okay, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm just okay. So above average, huh? You could say that. <laughs> well, I am pretty excited. Um, you know, oh shit, I can't, I can't start there. I have to. All right, you can find this podcast on Poppy, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Did it? Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God, because they were lost. They were only I, here listening, but if they didn't know that, they would have tuned out immediately. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in a great mood because so many, you know, like. So many little tiny things are just like on the up and up right now. And it's like culminating in, in a pretty decent week. And for, for starters, yeah. for starters, uh, we just added a new shirt to the Bash Bros line. It's yeah. Bri- it's for, it was for Brian. It's Brian's favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's the four seasons, total depression shirt. Yeah. Indeed. Everything's looking up y'all. We got a shirt about our depression. So uh, there's yeah. that. <laughs> No, that shirt is awesome, though. I absolutely love it. Yeah, for for our wonderful supporters, we've sent out our our next batch of shirts, so they'll get they'll get the Mario shirts this run. This run. Nice, nice. Yeah, which yeah. one do you guys? Which one do you guys like better? They can't answer us, Corey. It's a podcast. No, I'm yeah. talking to you. T- I'm talking to you two. I'm oh. talking to you two. <laughs> oh, fuck him. I know. I mean. <laughs> I, I forgot how the dynamics of a podcast work. That was yeah. my bad. <laughs> uh, no, and then, and, then, uh, and then Trump's trial starts next week, and it seems like he's in disarray for not having a having legal defense which is you know the spiteful side of me is wonderful yeah. um also the bastros battles is on the 20th that's coming up that's gonna be exciting uh yeah, number yeah, I think five every- sponsored sponsored <laughs> by bcw supplies Woo-woo. yeah i think the everything is starting to look up in minor ways is just the culmination of everything not actively being on fire and getting worse. So I agree with you. Things aren't looking up. (laughs) Most things I think are still getting worse, but this week I'm just ignoring them. Also, if you didn't know, uh, two awesome things are back. I'm back writing for Star City Games. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, What's your your first article about? Did you write about something, you know, really out of your element? Uh, yep. I, I really, I really wanted to, you know, test my limits for my first article back. So I wrote okay. about soul tie control and standard. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> That's really yeah. getting out of your comfort zone, bro. It is. Yeah. Soul tie. <laughs> soul tie is really out of my comfort zone. It is. But even cooler is the SCG tour is back running tournaments on MTG melee this week. Uh, and actually for the next three months straight almost. So, uh yeah. yeah the the road to call time and then eventually i'm guessing strix or whatever the next set is mm-hmm. uh will be on mtg melee every single weekend so friday saturday and sunday will be star city games tournaments and shit tons of deck lists 
Yes. So everyone that's looking in, trying to figure out what to play and what to do in standard, uh, MTG Melee will be the place to look for deck lists, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, Friday and Saturday, just having, you know, eight total tournaments and then the big one. Like, we we never have any shortage of standard decks that you want to try out, that's for sure. No, nope, thanks to Sardis City Games, standard is going to be cracked in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you ruined it. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, standard's going to have crack in three weeks? I'm excited now. <laughs> standard, standard already has been that addictive, like yeah. crack. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so we've we've had a week now. We've had a week to work on um call time and that's actually mm-hmm. the main topic of today's show is you know, exploring more into the standard format um and and seeing like what decks are popping up, emerging as the best things. Mm-hmm. Uh what might have been like falling to the wayside and then our personal favorites. Um and it's kind of funny, and, and you know, if we're going to kick off our main topic, oh, actually, no, I do want to ask you guys about something before we actually get to this. Oh, what is it? Um, and this is this is only answer it if if you feel comfortable. But uh, we had some magic Twitter drama this week. Okay, and I don't know if you're familiar with this because you don't. I don't know how much you you go on Twitter anymore. But I think I missed this one. <laughs> so what happened? Is Crokey's, uh people are ranking magic pros again. <laughs> oh yeah, I did I did see that. Uh, and and Crokey's made his own kept, list, yeah. Yeah, one of our friends kept showing me where I was on the list and I was like, eh, okay. I mean, I guess I don't really know. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that and then that reinvigorated the uh the whole debate whether or not ranking should be a part of magic. Mm. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. And uh, I I entered and deleted so many tweets, uh, one of them being, ranking should totally be normalized and fine, it's just that the Magic Twitter community is too immature. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it really yeah, rankled to have to delete that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I saw it all and I just chose not to uh, get involved. You know, I, I wanted to just avoid, uh, you know, waking the trolls, so mm. to speak, uh, to the to the green red call time saga. Um, oh, no, we all got the joke, Corey. <laughs> OK, oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> no, well, out of. Of yeah. course I got the joke. I made the joke. I invented yeah. the joke. <laughs> Remember when I added that to our preview article? Not because I cared about the card, but just for the fucking name. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I just remember when you created it during our month of working for Wizards. Yes, that is right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I was like, hey, guys, I know I'm not part of the set design for this, but waking the trolls? Anyone? No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally have never really found anything bad about ranking players at all because, you know, when we were all coming up as pros, the platinum system and the just pro point system already did that for us, right? There was always a ranking system where, you know, you looked and compared yourself and it was never a problem there, but it's when people's opinion gets thrown out there of how who's a better player. That's when people seem to get butthurt about it instead of just having like stats that have proven it throughout the year. Um, so I don't know. It, it doesn't well, bother me, but I, I also don't get involved in these uh, Twitter dramas ever. So when uh, when Magic Twitter rises up against some of like the old school Magic players, when they start doing like their <coughs> rankings for tournaments, 
Is that is that called binding the old gods? <laughs> yeah, it is called binding binding the old gods. Yes. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Any more sagas we want to make jokes about? Uh, I think we need. I think we can get in one more no, uh, related was, to this. That was all I got. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just I don't really care anymore. Like about about that kind of stuff like nothing nothing would excite me less than having to get involved in drama about whether somebody's <laughs> supposed to be on the b tier or the c tier of a, of a <laughs> tier maker list or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the only one the only tier list that i actually responded to was i believe it was mason clark's that was just like ranking the starburst flavors and like didn't have pink at the top and like ranked yellow at the top and i was just appalled i'm like you get the hell out of here with these this false information you're spewing across twitter yeah, I mean, so orange, like, <laughs> orange is definitely at the top, so. I've had a few busy days. I have my own opinions on this, but uh, more than just, you know, doing what is, like, like objectively, like, you know, like, this is the way I think this goes. I like to troll people uh, on social media, and I was, I, I really wanted to make a tier list with that same tier list of players, but rank them on who I think would be most and least annoyed by ranking them low. <laughs> <laughs> on a skill tier list. <laughs> I'm glad you chose <laughs> against that idea, oh, that Brad. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that seems like not your greatest idea. Who do I think is very Tom Petty? Yeah, who petty, is petty, petty, sensitive? Petty. Who is that, sensitive? <laughs> that would be a, a sick meta one, though, because whoever is ranked low on that wants to complain about being ranked low, but by doing so, they reinforce the exactly. reason why they are yeah. ranked low. <laughs> That's that's pretty good, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. The one way to next level it is be at the bottom and be like, "Yeah, that seems right." And then they're like, "Damn, all right, Corey went up a few spots." No, no, this is a list of people that have skill in magic, Corey. Oh, okay. So I'm already at the top. That's, oh. That makes sense. Okay, okay. I get it now. I'm on the same page with you. <laughs> You're a commentator now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's because, you know, I was just too good on these magic streets. They just, they're like, all right, it's not fair that Corey's going to keep taking down these events. Let's just make sure he can't play in them. Yeah, they just took him away yeah. from you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I didn't actually... Oh, go for it, Brian. Oh, no, I'm sorry to butt in. I was oh, going to say... I was going to say that I had uh, one just thing. What, what, just, uh, sorry, hey, wait, sorry, you go, you no, go. No, I want to talk about what? <laughs> so the thing <laughs> uh, you guys uh, I was just going to say the one thing that did bother me about the tier list was um, that they used a picture from four years ago I mean, they come used on, the worst pictures of all of us I know they did like, <laughs> it's yeah, like on purpose I, seriously yeah. it felt like it was yeah yeah, I was pretty upset that they took my OnlyFans pictures and put them up there, so really not cool. They used a picture of me at my, like, lowest weight. Yeah, well, then isn't that a isn't that a good picture they use? 
No, because it's just a glaring reminder of how far I've fallen. Anyway. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those assholes catching you from a good angle. (laughs) Putting up an old, attractive picture of me and telling me I'm really fucking good at magic, them bastards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can see why you wanted to bring up this tier list since you were at the top of all of them, Bradley. Oh, no, I mean, I actually actually have, have, like, you know, I... I just want to say my piece because I don't want to put it on social media. Okay. It lives there forever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it wouldn't live on this recording so, that stays on the no, internet. It's, it's so stay on. I want to put it on a recording that we <laughs> yeah, post to social media that also lives forever. I get, I get it. I yeah, get it. Smart, exactly. Smart. Uh, so, no, like, I actually, I used to think that they were bad, but I've come around to that because I'm, I'm starting to just see the, the reality of it is, like, if you're going to put yourself out there and say that you're you have value in a community that people should listen to your opinion, then other people should be able to like decide or give their opinion of how valuable that opinion is. Right. Like that's just how it should normally work or how I've seen it work in other communities. But the thing about our community is that there's twofold. It's like, it's very fragile. It's super opinionated because magic is so high variance. Mm-hmm. And and the community at large, especially on social media and Twitter, is extremely immature, toxic, and uh, d- toxic. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, not, not any one person I'm calling out is just like the the like we will just go on a subject for days and break down every single nuance until it's like. There's there's nothing good to discuss anymore. Oh, yeah. That's why, I mean, we have had these kind of conversations so many times. And you guys are both like, yeah, you know, you should keep up on top of these kind of things. And I've just never been on top of these kind of things because because it's just never interests me and it's always the same it's always the same bullshit just framed differently to be honest so i just like never get involved Uh, that's different like when i'm asking you to stay more up to date with stuff that's like do you know how the gauntlets work no, you say like, well, you would just always say whenever there's some some issue going on on Twitter, be like, did you see about this? And I'd be like, God, no, I I, I avoid it, that kind of stuff at others. all. There, there are social issues you should stay up with. Yeah. Like anytime Ben Stark tweets. Yeah. See, we <laughs> have very different time. To <laughs> we stay have very different. <laughs> there's, some, there's some key things that you need to stay up on. Like, why was I, what was the different tiers? I don't even know. Why was I in the C tier of somebody's tier maker list and not the B tier, Corey? And yes, yes. Why, you know, why was Brad not ranked above, I don't know, Sigrist or something? Was I just a clerical error or? They were actually know. the same person on those tier lists if you didn't see it. Yeah, they, were, they just put them in the same box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it does. It does feel good to be ranked really high because of previous accomplishments, like <laughs> like short short minded accomplishments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love I love being ranked super high and like like world like like Shahar Shedhar ranked super low. When it's like if Shahar Shedhar cared even at the slightest, he would also be up here. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. Most of the people on these lists, like Alexander Hain, you Shahar, everyone's ranking really low, and it's like this. is... You're just telling us who has done well recently. That's all you're doing. <laughs> but 
Anyway, anywho, uh, enough nonsense. Uh, enough nonsense? That's my favorite part. Okay, I mean, now we've 100% <laughs> lost Andrea Mangucci. Let's get so into the episode. So now we can get to our main Andrea's topic. Uh, we're talking about magic drama. We're not talking about movies. True. That is true. <laughs> All yeah, right. So Andrea's any good movies, in. boys? Or... Been watching, oh, yeah, uh... actually, how'd you like Palm Springs, Corey? Palm Springs? Didn't you watch that? I don't No, I don't think I did. You I thought you told me you were watching it. No, you said you were you, you the last time we talked about it, you tweeted halfway through the movie. <coughs> you texted me and you said you were watching it halfway through the movie. The Andy uh, Samberg movie from last week. God, my memory is just uh is just slipping. Yeah, okay. I I did I did watch it. I did watch it. It, it wasn't been that impressive. I mean, geez. it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite, really? but, it, but it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, God, my was, memory is bad. That was only a week ago, huh? Yeah, that was... <laughs> and, and Honestly, you, I've been watching so many things. Like, I mean, last night I watched the Takashi 6 9 documentary, for Christ's sakes. Like, what the hell I, is that? Oh, exactly. I've been completely completely losing it on just random stuff I've been watching, so... Oh, on yeah. HBO, the Tiger Woods documentary is pretty good. Oh, I watched that. Yeah, it's just a two-parter. It's good, though. It it It, it tells a little bit more of the story than I knew. Okay. Like, I knew a lot about it because, like, you know, we golfed and I cared a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it tells a lot more of the story, which was really cool. That's the one thing I've actually, since since the pandemic, that I found that I really, really love. And I don't know why, but just the really famous stories and just, like, just how they got to there, you know, like the last dance. Even, like, the the one about famous people where they fall into some kind of crime nonsense you know yeah the trump documentary yeah yeah that i mean i i don't know i i love i love just seeing how these you know larger than life personalities became and like even even the ones where the descent like how it how it happens that they you know kind of fell out of favor and stuff i've really enjoyed those I, i have to start that documentary the love country i think it's on netflix it's uh hmm, i don't it, think i've heard of that one it's about a sex cult Huh. And it's, I heard it's really good. I might be butchering the synopsis here, but I think it's called Love Country. Amber, is, everyone that has watched it has raved about it. And okay. I think one of the producers is the guy from the league. And I forgot his name, but pretty much I love everything he touches for whatever okay. reason. He's just he's in all these good movies and produces all these good things like really unique cerebral stuff. Okay. It's, called, um, uh, it's called No Love Country for Old Men. No love country for old men. Yes, that is what it is. Yes. Is it really? Isn't that it's a play ageist. on a movie? It's very, it's very ageist. <laughs> Isn't that a play on another movie? Right? Or is, yes, is that's it... exactly what it is, Corey. Okay. <laughs> I feel you like I'm becoming it. the joke here. <laughs> no, oh, shit. definitely not. <laughs> what did I call? Not. What did I say was called Love Country? Yeah, I think that's what it is actually called. But I, I... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. It says, Google it. It gets me to Trace Adkins, Ladies Love Country Boys. <laughs> that's got to be it. That's okay, got to be it. It is love con- Lovecraft Country. No, that's a drama super horror thing on. Yeah, that that's Netflix. different. Lovecraft. That's, that's like a. And here's our it, normal time a... in the podcast where we stop to Google something. Uh... 
Is it a, is it a Netflix a... sex cult? <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild country. That's what it's called. Oh. Yeah, that is what it's called. Wild, wild country. Sounds great. Yeah, I heard it's really, really good. The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the DeckBot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. But uh, but yeah, so uh, magic. Um, yeah, let's oh. talk some magic. So what are we going to talk? Actually, I've oh, actually been playing so much magic. Like I, okay. I have I, I have got myself all the way back from gold to platinum. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm platinum two now. Um, now I have not played like nine hours to get to mythic like everyone else. And I've actually been losing a lot. Um. Like I, I lost a lot before the last two tournaments too on the ladder that I did exceptionally well in. Okay. Like, like I played probably twenty matches on the ladder with Jun Sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And I went from platinum four to platinum four. Okay, big moves. <laughs> yeah, big moves. <laughs> and then I just went like ten two in league play. So I, fuck it, who cares? Whatever. Like, nice. Like, yeah. Like nothing, nothing matters anymore. Um, but uh, I've been I've been slowly climbing, playing a decent amount the last couple of days. And mm-hmm. uh, new standard seems pretty sweet. There's a lot of uh, old decks that are still around that are still powerful, but new decks that can compete with them. So I, I yeah. so far am saying that this is a good format that I believe will have a about a month more until we're completely sick of it. Yep. No, honestly, that's uh, that's how that's been my experience as well. I played over the weekend, and uh, you know, I played early or late last week, and just played all standard um, until. This week where I, you know, did my dropping bombs on the Is It Tempo list that I've been doing really well. And then I actually started playing limited. I know, gasps. Ooh, I'm, wow. I'm, having a, I'm having a limited week on my stream. So I'm trying to remember how to play 40 card decks instead of doubling it. Wait, remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it, it's been so long since <laughs> no, no, I've no. actually played limited. When did you ever know how to play 40 card decks, Corey? Uh, that's a good point too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I have not had uh, the best history with limited at these pro tours and mythic championships. That's for sure. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I have either. I don't know if I have room to talk, but yes, you have. You always dominate early no, on limited. <laughs> no, Brian just dominates us in house, and but his his actual at tournaments like is where like, he suffers. It's like that it's is like a bullshit. weird anomaly. That is bullshit. The pre-Pro Tour GPs, he top aided like every single one of them. Yeah, but that's not the Pro Tours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. He he top aided London. That had limited. Oh, he he I, made I, it to Barcelona. You know, look, that's, a, that's think, a victory. I think I... No, I think <laughs> I am the biggest Brian Brown doing fan out there. I simp for the fucking man, right? I make coffee for him every day. <laughs> I make right? coffee for him every day. <laughs> <laughs> Like I am, a, I am a BBD simp for sure. So if we would make uh, a tier list, keyboard, of... what keyboard do you use, Brian? Is it mine? Yes, it is. That I gave you. 
I'm a fucking holy shit. I'm a BBD simp. Okay, let's make a tier list of BBD simps, okay? And let's rank every magic personality <laughs> I, I, out there, okay? We in? Well, who else? I don't know if there's. I don't. I don't know if Brian has think, any other Sims. I don't think there are any. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just Brad on every tier. Not even. Well, not yeah. even. Not even my own parents are. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um. No, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, I'm not gonna be touching limiter. Actually, I'm gonna be streaming now. I finally got my uh, my my new. Herman Miller chair and it is a Ooh, delight. Yeah, nice. I want to hear about this. That chair it's is just... ridiculously expensive. It better like you know bring you some mints in the morning or like make you breakfast or look. Look, something. it does none of those things. But one thing it does do is I can sit in it for multiple hours. And then when I get up, I brace for like that butt pain. You know that you think you're gonna have. Yeah. You know how sometimes when you get up, you just have a sharp butt pain. Is um, anyone else? No. 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 <laughs> When you're sitting in a chair and it's kind of getting uncomfortable, you never have like ass pain in a in an uncomfortable chair. Oh, of course, yeah, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just not a regular occurrence. Oh, yeah. it was only a regular occurrence because I had such shitty chair. Yeah, and and yeah. But now I now it's all gone. Now it just I, I can sit in this chair for hours and feel comfortable. Just sleep in the chair from now on. Hmm. You can't sleep in it because it's like you you build it to give you good posture. Sure, sure. Like I actually um had to prop up my uh my monitor higher because my posture I'm using good posture and I'm sitting up higher, too high for the screen now. So I had to like I threw some like magic boxes underneath the the monitor to prop it up. Nice. <laughs> Innovative. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to be nice to have you uh, streaming again. You, oh, uh, you yeah. got any plans for this week or? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to stream. I'm probably going to stream an SCG on Friday. I might stream Thursday. I want to start playing. Is it? Um, uh, Cause I was like working on soul tie for a while, but I want to just like mm -hmm. grind up with, is it to try to like tune that there's a few things I like. And that's actually the first yep. deck I want to talk about us uh, Same. moving into. Same. Um, Luis kind of knocked it out of the park with this deck. Uh, so, so for those who don't know, Luis uh, early accessed with just an is it tempo deck, just card advantage plus gold span dragon and the uh, the two adventure creatures in blue and red. Mm -hmm. Gold span um, dragon who shakes the world, actually. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> um, you know we knew that this card was going to be good with counter spells, uh, but one thing I found is the tempo disruption of it is it can kill you pretty fast with low resources. Yeah, the th I've been loving this deck too. This is what I've been playing recently. And the fact that Goldspan Dragon works with every card in your deck, it, you know, I mean, all the foretell cards, uh, of course, they have to be foretold, foretold first, but everything costs two or less outside of Shark Typhoon. So Goldspan Dragon's treasure is just going to allow you to play a spell as long as you have one. And you really just don't play that card until you can protect it. Similar to Nissa who shakes the world, untapping a breeding pool and having protection. It, it, and then you get those dream scenarios where you attack, then during their main phase, they try to kill it. You get another treasure, counter that, and then the next turn you can just Shark Typhoon for like nine or something. The deck just feels unbelievably powerful to me in an unfocused world that we're living in in Standard right now. So it, it, I don't know how decks even adjust to beat this deck, 
And I ran into the problem with like the Yorian piles I was playing where I was just getting destroyed. And I like, I tried to side in shark typhoons, tried to bring in some disdainful strokes and stuff. And I'm just still getting beat. So it just leads me to believe that this is just a, re a very resilient, strong deck. I mean, Essence Scatter seems good against the stack, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely good, but you can just cycle sharks and just play a, a control game against that kind of strategy, you know? Yeah, like the problem with, so so the problem I've run into is like, yes, you can counter Goldspan Dragon, but if you don't have enough velocity and card advantage, then their shark behold the multiverse plan is going to um, usually pull them ahead and they might have some extra card advantage in the sideboard. Um, but then also because they're, they utilize Brazen Pyro as a, as a part of their theme, uh, you and most other shark control decks don't play Brazen Borrower, that they just have that advantage, that heads up advantage where they their their shark removal is three ones that have to be interacted with, and your shark removal is just going to get you two for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so th those those things play off pretty poorly. Um, you have to attrition them, and and not all of these like Yorin decks are equipped for that. Yep, and Frostbite is well, low-key, yeah. like, one of the just strongest cards. You forget how good Lightning Bolt is until you, you get to cast it again. And, I mean, not, not being able to go at the face just really doesn't matter that much. Um, just the tempo you can gain on turn three with Frostbiting and then either holding up two mana for a counterspell or foretelling or something like that is just really, really strong. I mean, I don't feel like you have to play Essence Scatter in a Yorion deck, like... No. I think there are other shells that could play that. Like I, I like I look at a deck like this, and I think that rogues would be pretty good against it. And Maybe it I'm is. wrong. And it is, yeah. Okay, like I think yeah. so. Anyways, I think it's just a better control deck. I think rogues is just a better control deck, and this is just slotted into tempo. And I, I feel, I don't know exactly why the matchup feels bad, but I've watched it a couple of times on stream with people playing. Is it? And it, it looked kind of like a beating. It looked Rogues' is favored, right? Yeah, that, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like Rogues should have an inherent advantage in this matchup. Um, I yeah. haven't played it yet. Uh, I mean, you do have Frostbite, which is nice, and you have decent removal for stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, they just have a higher, just better concentration of good counter spells. Um, and, cheap, and their cheap threats. Removal. Yeah, and their threats are all instant speed, where some of the threats are instant speed with Is It Tempo. Um, you know, so that leads to some tough gameplays. Yeah, they're either cheap or that, but also, yeah, yeah, like trying to get a gold spend dragon doesn't seem easy. Also, like if the punishment of four mana draw four, you know, it's just so so big. Yeah. So I, I definitely could see that. I have not played the the matchup uh particular yet. Like I haven't played either side of it because these are two decks that I'm not grinding on the ladder. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of that too. I was just afraid that Rogues is just going to like beat up on all of these like new toys and stuff like that. But one thing I do want to talk about before we move on from is it is Cyborg Card Advantage. And uh, that was one thing I saw people weren't playing. And then I saw Andreas Harmon who ended up uh, doing really well in like Pretty MTG's community tournament this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, they had both access to both uh, cards, Kuzmina and Gadwick as card advantage and i found gadwick um similarly to like the builds that demir used to be very good against the other like let's call it non-dispute matchups okay um, like the other non 
blue decks. So like Gruul, Naya, Mono White, what have you, um, different Doom Foretold strategies. Uh, I, I think Gadwick is just like, you know, the chef's kiss uh, in these matchups because the games go long, they can't really stop it, and you can just tap out and refuel. Yeah, that is a card that I am still shocked more people don't play because it is just so powerful. But Dispute, you know, really does make that card not main deckable to me. Um, well, I guess that's not even true because Dispute's usually in the sideboard. Yeah, I mean, what is stopping that card from being in the main deck just as a one of or a two of instead of the sideboard, you know? Uh, it's just the focusedness of it. Like, the only the only time your Gadwick's going to be good is if your removal and your interaction is focused against your opponent. Yeah. It's also... Um, it's also the nature of of like games are generally grindier after board because people are lining up their cards to counter. Yep. I guess it kind of goes along with what Brad was saying, but people are lining up their cards to counter each other's strategies. Mm -hmm. So you're less likely to just have somebody snowball by having a deck advantage in a post board game. And then yeah. that's good. That card's going to be really big then too. Yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> that does make sense. Uh, and then the other one is to talk about is Cosmina. Now, this is the encyclopedia of a card. Um, the other side is a vehicle that we don't really need to talk about for the effects of this deck because it's in the sideboard to be a card advantage engine. Mm -hmm. And um, it's Cosima. Co oh, it's Cosima? Yeah, yeah. I only know that because I said it wrong on verses like a thousand times and got corrected, so. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think I, I started calling it Cosmina because of you too. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know if I've ever looked at the card, like read the name of it. I just yeah. <laughs> um, Cosmanian so, Devil here. So it's Cosima. Yeah, Cosima. Cosima. Okay, cool. So now that I know that, um, I maybe it's because a lot of the decks that I've been playing have been playing Elspeth's uh, Nightmare, mm -hmm. but like. I I feel like Kasuma, maybe it's a good card, maybe it's not, but it just feels like it's like, where is this card supposed to come in? Does it come in against other blue decks where, now that they have Mystical Disputes? Does it come in against like mid-range? Like the other mid-range decks are going to have, well, I guess they'll probably board their Elspeth Nightmare out, but I just don't feel like there's a home. I, I don't know where this deck, this card's home is yet. It seems very powerful, but yeah. to me, it feels like a tireless tracker that gets mystical disputed, which doesn't feel great. Yeah, I think this card's home is in modern with Fetchlands. I honestly do not think but you need a is cycle. a good card. Huh? But you need an entire turn cycle before you can flip it out. Oh, yeah. And I don't even That's think scary. it's great there. I don't even think it's great there. But, you know, you can have some ridiculous turns with Cosima in modern where you phase it out play a land, cast like Time Warp in some of these Omnash shells, and then whenever you're done casting Time Warps, then you put Cosima back in play and draw a bunch of cards and hope to play more Time Warps. Um, there's a deck that's been playing that, but outside of that, I just do not think this is a good card. Like, I don't think the vehicle is very strong, and I think the front side just takes so much to make it good that I mean, I'm not a believer in this card in standard at all. I mean, the card is exceptionally powerful. My my issue is just, I don't think it's good against the blue decks, and mm -hmm. it's a it's a big time investment against the green decks. 
yeah, it's like the turn you play it, three mana, two, four, it's decent at blocking, but it still doesn't block Brushfire Elemental, it doesn't block Bone Crusher, it doesn't block Love Struck Beast. And then the next turn it goes away. And even if you have a Fabled Passage, like that's the best case scenario where you can get it back as a three, five. Otherwise it just sits there and doesn't really help you at all. So I, I this doesn't make sense in this card. I would rather have another Gadwick, um, maybe another Storm's Wrath, maybe another Escape card for Rogues, rather than messing around with Cosima. I think yeah. it uh, it seems like it's quite powerful in the third turn, but mm-hmm. the the advantage of a card like Gadwick is anytime you draw it, you get immediate value out of it. That's not, like with Cosima, you don't get immediate value. It's a delayed type thing, so. And yeah. yeah, it's bad as a top deck, right? Because yeah. you can't get it to give you cards unless you play lands. Yeah, and it's at your upkeep that you exile it, so you don't know if you're going to draw a land either. Um, the one thing I, I'm thinking of looking at this list, this list looks good, and it's the sideboard has evolved from just uh, Luis Scott Vargas' 75, but, you know, if I'm looking at a Rogues matchup, which has been winning tournaments... And just talking with you guys about how Goldspan Dragon just doesn't seem that good. I would almost just want to transition into a deck that has four escape cards and just play the kind of control game against them with escape cards and just hope that's good enough. Now, I don't think you can really play Ox if you have that plan, even though it's the best escape card. But a couple of Glimpse of Freedoms and a couple of Phoenix of Ash and then just removal spells, that seems like a recipe for success instead of, um, you know, instead of just trying to jam Goldspan Dragons. Yeah, it's hard for me to comment on on that matchup yet because I, I haven't played it yet. Um, mm-hmm. And but I agree with you. Like you don't want to be a counterspell, you don't want to be a counterspell heavy deck playing this control mirror plan and also have Ox. Yeah. Um. And so you have to play Phoenix, but Phoenix is pretty low impact and kind of expensive. Glimpse seems pretty good though for that style of game plan. But you still you have know? to find a way to kill him, right? Yeah, you still kill him with sharks and your adventure creatures. You know, maybe and and escape and Phoenix, you know, maybe that's not enough. Well, maybe I mean, it does I, work. I don't know. I think it's probably enough because, I mean, you still want Bone Crusher Giant. But then again, Brazen Borrower is probably bad in that matchup. Yeah, unless they have a shark plan after Cyborg 2. True. Yeah. Bounce their crab or something. Be like, all right, you got it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes after Cyborg. I've just been impressed. <laughs> I thought that this was going to be a flash in the pan, but it's still winning. And maybe... Yeah, you know, maybe when the the format reacts better to it, but it has seemed very resilient against non rogue decks, which has been interesting. Um, yeah, one last thing I want to touch on on that too is I I also thought this deck wasn't going to be that great, and I played it for my drop and bombs this week, and I just played against three aggro decks, and I'm like, okay, all these adventure decks, it seems like it should be bad, but I'm just like frostbiting their innkeeper, and then they're basically playing face up, you know, I mean they adventure their love struck beast, you know what they're going to cast on turn three, have a plan for it and stuff, it, it it hasn't felt bad, and I thought it would, so yeah, I'm totally in agreement. I think this deck is going to be around uh as a tier one as a tier one deck for a while yeah i i i think the same thing i, th- I feel like the mm-hmm. deck has been superb uh in my discover the format yet but i yep. it, i just did not play against rogues yet which felt like it should be bad I don't yeah know i if... mean people are just trying to play the new cards i imagine yep. but rogues is going to come back here uh with all the buzz kills of the world yeah i don't know what if this gonna say, is... i was gonna say i don't know if this is the shell that makes the most sense but i I think that uh frostbite bone crusher gold span are gonna be uh 
good friends for quite some time in this format and this, yeah this, this yeah be I, I was even playing on that i was even playing mono red that played four frostbite <laughs> four bone crusher two goldspan it was like you know stock mono red aggro pretty much uh yeah. but it was playing frostbite and just Snowlands and and a couple of the new creature land uh faceless baron uh haven. and haven and and I even thought that Frostbite was good in that, even though it doesn't go to the face. Like three damage for one mana is just a good rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just it, it makes you question how good even like Mammoth is, you know, yep. when when you have a three drop that's not gaining you any other advantage right away and you just lose it to a one mana spell. That's something we haven't seen in standard since, you know, Fatal Push was actually good. And uh yeah, I, I think that card is really going to warp things a little bit if it becomes popular. It does have a good deck building restraint, too. Yeah, yep, yeah, because your mana base does get a little a little rough. And I mean, even in this deck, I've had just drawing a couple pathways that have cost me the game. You know, so you do got to find a good balance of how many duels you can really play. Yep. All right, well, moving on to uh, the... Uh, well, you know, Nye Adventures, uh, I mean, I think the first person that really was testing this was Crokey's. Yep. Um, Crokey's first version was, uh, so real quick, so Nye Adventures is effectively uh, splashing white for Skull, uh, Showdown of the Skulls, and then adding white cards like Giant Killer and um, Shepherd of the Flock to not only bounce the Showdown, but also just add to the adventure package. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, trying to trying to speed run real quick the the story of this, I felt like the initial builds of his with like four showdowns and all that adventure stuff was a little clunky and underpowered. I felt like I was just getting decks were going over the top of me with how clunky it was. Yep. And I found like if you look at the Predis tournament from this past weekend, uh, Doctor Sanchez won the whole thing with a deck that only played two showdowns to keep that that original gruel nature of having brushfire elementals some vivian some great henge uh some embercleave <laughs> and not really going all in on this card advantage shepherd of the flock loop engine yeah and i i think i like this a lot more and honestly the thing that just makes this deck so good and so streamlined and just shows the dominance of it from last season is brushfire elemental to me because that is just the best turn two slash turn three play um, you know, when you don't have these innkeeper love struck beast draws and it, it just feels like the glue that holds this deck together and just hits your opponent for five to eight damage, like every game. So I, I think not playing that card is a pretty big mistake. And the white splash is so free. You just play one planes, have all the fabled passages, which you already want to play because of brush fire and then just play both pathways that make white. It seems really free to not play white, but I agree. The four showdown version is just, it's pretty clunky if you draw two of that card. Yeah. Or if you're trying to loop it, you don't have a board, you're not mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, and, and, and you can't play the expensive cards and some of the, you know, the great henge, the amber cleaves, these are some of the most powerful effects your deck can have. And also the, mm-hmm. the showdown draws, um, showdown kind of goes in with the great henge and amber cleave as, Sometimes these cards are really bad against tempo draws or tempo decks like Demir or Is It, mm-hmm. where where you need to be able to transition your deck away from that and be a more focused early drops, Vivians, things like that. And so I do think that Dr. Sanchez is getting closer with 
their build um, uh, from this past weekend's Pretty MTG Tournament on MTG Melee. And just so people know where to go look at this deck if they want a reference. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I, I do think that this is the way that things are supposed to go. But I do kind of like the, the Tormont scripts in the sideboard. Because sometimes hitting Demir like, with Tormont script is, is good. And so I kind of like that idea. Yourself, right? <laughs> well, you, you you put it in play and you hold it as a there. Either you stop them from being able to draw seven for four mana on a turn, or mm -hmm. um, it you mess up you, their Lurus. Uh, no, you use it uh, when they try to counter a spell with drawn in the lock. You just pop Ooh. it, and then it, yeah. and then it doesn't work. It's a it's a pre it's a pro proactive uh, counter spell for drawn in the lock. Unless they then flash in a thief, a thieving guy in response, yeah, re-enable it. Oh, the play yeah. is. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that is pretty spicy. Um, I kind of question whether Showdown and Great Hench belong in the same deck together because they kind of feel like they do a very similar thing, and I, I don't know. They kind of feel like they're kind of competing to me at, at doing that thing. But. Yeah, they are both really high variance cards, you know? I mean, like, they can both be insane or they can both be very, very awkward based on your hand. And I do think the Great Henge is just a better card in these style of decks, so I totally could see that. Mm. Before before we go off on this, I, I do think that they, they work well together in practice against mm -hmm. decks that have removal because um, one of the best ways to interact with uh, a player that has a Great Henge draw is to kill their three drop. Yep. And then maybe even kill their four drop. So if you can go, if you can threaten uh, one of your, you know, threaten a five powered creature on turn three, and then you can add Bone Crusher to the turn four play, um, and you're just putting these creatures out, and if they're dealing with them so you can't Great Henge, then you can play the showdown that potentially lets you refuel, and they've spent their turns interacting with your creatures. If they don't interact with the creatures, you can play the Great Henge and power out that way. So I, I, I do think that they will add to each other's high variance-ness, um, but I do see play patterns where they're both really good together. So my yeah. question is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. I mean, I'm just seeing a deck that has Vivian, Great Henge, Embercleave, and Showdown of the Scalds. Oh, it's it can't be correct. Of, it's just a <laughs> lot of really expensive cards that are all good in different situational scenarios. Like, to me... I. I'm unconvinced that trying to do something like that is going to be stronger than just streamlining your deck and being really good at the thing that you do. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that leads me to my question is, do you guys think it is just better to just be straight gruel and just kind of play what has already been working last season? Or do you guys think the white splash is worth it? I mean, I would, I would guess straight gruel, but I, I think if you're going to splash white, you probably want to go all in on showdown of the scalds and do mm -hmm. whatever. I'm not sure how you build around it perfectly. Like that's a question I don't know the answer to. Yeah. But I would probably try to streamline my deck to be more effective with that card. If that's the angle I'm going to go, if I'm splashing and, for it, you know, well, and it doesn't even, Oh God. I was just going to say the, 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 the problem I'm having is it depends where the metagame goes because I think that all of these cards have different values and different matchups. Like the Great Henge and Embercleave are both obnoxiously bad against Doom Foretold decks. Um, but Showdown is great. 
And and so I could see a world where you want access to all of these cards and you use your sideboard mm -hmm. to facilitate that. Right. Because like where, where against Demir Rogues, you're gonna want your Vivians and your Great Henges. Uh against other, you know, some other green decks, you're gonna want your Great Henges and your Ember Cleaves, and you're not gonna want your showdowns or your Vivians. Some yeah. matchups you're gonna want your Vivians and your showdowns. Um and I think that there, you know, and then there's other matchups where you're going to want your great henges and your your crone wars. Um, and so I do think that there's a balance you could find to play all of these cards. I also think that giant killer is a great addition to gruel because a lot of times you like, you know, we we saw people splashing or not splashing. I consider it a splash because it's so bad sideboarding soul seer just to be able to interact with your opponent's love struck beasts. Mm -hmm. And now you have that on a creature that can also draw you a card off of an Edgewell Innkeeper on turn two when you're trying to make sure you have your fourth land drop and things of that nature. So I think that adding the versatility of uh, of a small splash for a removal spell that is also an adventure creature is also very good. Yeah, yeah but honestly. Sorry, yeah, honestly. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. I'm just going to say that splashing white's not free, though. Like, of course not. You have Brushfire Elemental that is is red green. You know, it, even though you have pathway, if you play your pathway as a plant as as a, as a white side to to cast giant killer, you know, is that preventing you from then casting another card later in the game? Possibly, like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not it's not a super free uh, to splash. There there does come some inconsistencies with it, so uh, it has well, to be worth it. Oh, I agree with that, but if you've played with this before, it does feel closer to free than not. I totally like the, agree. These mana bases feel smooth as butter. Um, I've just been playing a lot. Now, I, most of my three-color decks also have a trio, so this one does not. But I was playing these decks, and the mana felt good. The, the, the thing you just want to be weary of is how many... You know, it is difficult because you have double green and double red cards in your deck. Yeah, yeah um, I can't say that I ever felt like Gruul's mana base was that great. Like, I, I don't know. Really? I think yeah. the Gruul's mana base is good, but I think sequencing for Gruul as far as the lands was probably the most important thing out of any standard deck. And I think it's just extra important now when you splash white, you always have to be conscious of what you could draw um, and what's worth it to play, you know, on which side of the pathway and stuff. Um, but I, I still think the mana base is, is quite clean for Gruul and, yeah. and Naya. Yeah. Yeah. You play, you play like 30 lands, mm -hmm. 32 and lands it, or something, you know? And honestly, just the mana since Kaldheim came out, you know, I mean, I've been messing around with five color lists and while, you know, that mana base is not perfect by any means, <laughs> it's not that bad, you know, like there's so many pathways and stuff. It makes playing your lands really tough and it adds a lot of uh, skill to that. But I, I, I think we just do have the tools to really have good mana with any deck, which is something I just love. Like, I, I think just give us good mana so we can all do our things. But, you know, there's there's a give and take because too good of mana. We have five color soup decks like we had a couple years ago and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> that it has like I'm not saying like I can't cast my spells, but like if you uh, basically every land in the stack tapped for one color of mana only. So like. Whether you choose to play it as like a you know your your green red pathway as as a mountain or a forest, 
is going to have impacts three turns down the line of whether you can cast bone crusher giant plus another card or mammoth plus another card you know i'm i don't know if that's making sense like no 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 it, no. it is it is yeah. making sense but the like what i'm saying is you have to play these games out because you lead off on the lands that are locked in when you get to right exactly um, yep. and, yeah. then, and then i, and I then understand as, i've 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 played with Gruul. i mean i haven't played with it with white but i played with Gruul. I, I get that like you you put off the decision of which side to play until the last possible time but mm-hmm. what you know like, let's say you play a pathway as like the white land to be able to cast showdown of the scalds you might not be able to double spell on the next turn because it's not providing another color of mana that you needed like I don't know, like, and yes, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. A, a lot of times, I force myself down a path when I was playing these decks to to have, you know, my fifth land was my third green and not my second red by choice, and I was hoping to find a second red somewhere. Sometimes I had it. Sometimes, you know, um, I was fine with it. And that's another thing about this deck is it has so many lands mm-hmm. um, uh, built into it because of the double face cards that you usually can make your land drop so that you can make sure you have your colors. And a few times I've had to, you know, make a decision. It's like, do I want to guarantee that I have white by playing the Shatter Skull Summit as a land or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and there are challenges there. Uh, but I will say that I have found in the troublesome matchups that Gruul had previously that these white cards are helping in those positions. And if that's possible, then that might just increase this deck's chance. Cause the thing is, is this deck got beat to this deck got destroyed by Asper doom foretold. Yeah. Um, that was one of its worst matchups and showdown of the scalds is a card that it can actually make those matchups better. But this list doesn't commit to that. And if you commit more to it with more shepherds and more scalds, then you're weakening your deck in other matchups. So like I said, I don't know if it's ultimately going to be worth it, but um it does feel worth exploring. The one thing that I really think after just talking this out with y'all, the the thing that always happens against Gruul is decks side in a lot more interaction, right? You're siding in Heartless Axe so that you can make sure you kill Lovestruck Beast before they can henge. You know, you're siding in just removal. Removal is kind of the name of the game against Gruul. And that just leads me to believe that Showdown is much better in post-board games because they're trying to interact more and you can't rely on Lovestruck Beast into Great Henge, et cetera, et cetera. That just leads me to believe that I want to try a list with just like three or four Showdowns in the sideboard and just basically bring them in against everything, um... You know, I mean, transitional sideboard in a way, but just bringing in the card that is good against interaction and not having it in the main deck where you want to just be a streamline gruel deck. You know, that seems that seems good to me. I mean, if you are talking my language because I yeah. <laughs> fucking love sideboarding a basic land. I love there it. There we go. <laughs> uh, nothing that makes me more happy when I can justify mm-hmm. having a basic land on my sideboard. And I don't think I've ever been able to justify it, but I love doing it. And I mean, that makes sense. Like if you put that planes in the sideboard, all those, um, you know, pathways, the green, white and the the red, white, they're just forests and mountains. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that actually sounds kind of good to me. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good to me, too. I mean, I could even see a world where you still main deck giant killer because it does seem strong. Yeah. But no, I'm I, I'm with you on that. Like, that seems like a good plan to me where 
you have access to showdown in the matchups where your normal great henge type strategy is not going to be as effective. Yeah, I, I like and the you, idea of that. And you know what other card I really want to try in these style of decks? And maybe y'all are think I'm going to be crazy for wanting it, but it's Azika's Chariot. That card has just been so good. Like, what if we just had two Azika's Chariots instead of the Showdowns? Um, I mean, we have so many four-power creatures that can crew that thing. It just, I don't know. It's, that card is in, has been impressing me every time it's played with or against me. I think I'm going to be... I mean, I think that card's good. I don't know if I want it in this deck per se. Um, yeah. Maybe it's good. I if I'm putting chariot into well sorry if I'm removing scalds from the main deck of this like I mean the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to add another amber cleave I'm probably going to only go yeah. down to one vivian main and then I'm probably going to add some of my cyborg cards whether it's a crone war or fire prophecy mm. um to the main deck because a lot of those cards that are in the cyborg I think you need to keep um yeah true. to make room for showdown yeah yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on a list fucking after we're done with this podcast. I'm gonna eat our uh I found out I found out that uh, Amber has never had we talked about this in the pre-show, but uh just so everyone can hear, has never had uh katsu chicken curry. Or is just it chicken foolish. katsu curry? Yeah, chicken, chicken katsu curry. Chicken katsu curry, yeah. And just so, foolish. That is like my favorite meal when oh, we went so, to Japan. <laughs> so uh she she happily agreed that while we're recording this, she's uh, going to look up and find out a place that we can have it delivered from. And mm. uh, when we're done with this podcast, we're going to have some delicious curry, Brian, just so you know. Um, not, just us two, not you. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. You can watch if you, you know, stand outside by the window or something. I mean, but, you usually have to pay for that kind of thing, it. so... Yeah, honestly, though, that is probably what I stayed alive on in Japan because I really hated sushi back in the day when we went there. I've since grown to love it, but I was just so picky that all I had was McDonald's and chicken katsu curry from Curry House when I was in Japan the two or three times. We're going to have to go get all you can eat yeah. sushi uh, at that one mm -hmm. place again next time I'm in town. Oh, and, and, uh, and the pandemic yeah. is over. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah, now I'm a fan, so, so now I'm in. To go back to one thing that you said, Corey, you, you mentioned the vehicle. To me, that mm -hmm. I feel like that card would be really good in like a deck like the blue-green flash decks that existed in previous standard, um, where okay. it kind of it kind of feels like a card where you play it and then you interact a bunch and it beats your opponent while you're interacting. Uh, mm. It doesn't feel like the kind of card to me that would be that great in a deck where you're already just playing a bunch of creatures to the board because it's kind of just sure. more of the same thing. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, you could be right. And the deck that you're spelling out that uh, is totally accurate because the best experience I've had this with this card is in an Abzan Doom Foretold list where you are interacting, you're ECDing, you're binding the old gods, you're Elspeth's nightmaring things, and then you're winning with this, and you're also copying food tokens every once in a while. That's been the best shell that I've played with this card, and it was unbelievable in that, but it's just been good in every other random green deck that I've just tossed it in there just to try it, which just leads me to believe that it's a good card, but I agree it wouldn't be the best in a, a shell like Gruul where you're only copying cats and maybe Vivian tokens. Um, but yeah, in an Abzan deck where I was interacting and just could also blink it with Yorian, it was fucked up. One thing I also like about that, Brian, when you bring, when you brought that up is 
it gives brazen borrow enough jobs to to justify its inclusion too yeah it does it makes it like i was thinking of like how insane that card seemed with something like a night pack ambusher you know like where well, you- i mean yeah we could you know we everyone can dream that we get to play with a card <laughs> that powerful but I'm just saying, like that, that like, that's where it comes to mind. And like, yeah, like Brazen Borrow is another example of a card that that gets so much better with types of cards like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I want to find a home for that card. I just haven't been exploring that much because, I mean, it it is good enough. I just don't know what to do with it. And the the biggest problem with Chariot is. So the card is good, but I don't know what to do around it. And everything that I think of is too clunky. And right now the the test the the pinch that demir rogues and is it tempo put you in makes me just not want to go down that path because i'm like look at what i'm doing with my chariot and they're just like fucking kill you with my dragon and my counter spell you know yeah like oh, yeah. do all this rogue yeah. bullshit and um that's been kind of hitting me because uh, i don't know exactly how to interact because the one thing is is a green green cannot interact with dragon well um, yeah, and, and and you have to invest your mana, and then they get their clue or their treasure that allows them to counter something, and then you don't. It's not like you have two removal spells for it. You only have the mm-hmm. one every time that they cast it, and then they just start pounding you. So um, I, that's what I've been struggling with is when they actually draw their dragon, and I don't have a huge board in play. I just die to it. Yeah, yeah, no, and and yeah, this this card does not solve any rogues or dragon problems for sure. It's a good card against aggro, and you know, pretty solid against, um, you know, maybe Yorian Doom for Tall uh, stuff. But it's a it's a card I have my eye on. It's not anything I've uh, you know been for of including in any deck, but it's, it's just something that's been impressing me when I've been playing. It's definitely a it. sweet card with a high power level. That's for sure. Yeah. It also it yeah. also is good because so. One thing about, I will say about Gruel now that we're talking about it, we're, we're going deep on this, um, but I like mm-hmm. it, is I just did this whole full circle that got me back to Gruel. So the thing I was thinking is, what I hate about the card is you make the two tokens, then if you crew and they kill the 4-4, four, four, sometimes the 2-2s two then no longer have value. They'll get blocked by, uh, you know, crabs or bone crushers or whatever. But actually those 2-2s two um, are probably good to, to keep your Ember Cleaves alive. Not not alive, but like you know, cheap in your hand. Yeah, active. Yeah, and I don't know how many times it's happened to me where I it's very obvious my opponent is holding up interaction for the chariot because if I just crew and uh, you know start making copies of my cats, like I'm gonna gain an advantage, a snowball advantage, and I'm just like, okay, attack for four with my cats and play something else, and then they're like, oh, well now the next turn I have to tap out to try to catch up, and then you're like, okay, crew chariot, get ya. You know, those kind of games have happened to me so many times where you just crew it when it's opportune to you. Um, and it's just hard to play against. Corey, you're just explaining why I think vehicles are a horrible mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hey, why I vehicles agree. my least favorite mechanic they've ever made. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because it's just so hard to play against with spot <clears throat> removal and wrath effects, you know? And, and well, but I'm to with be fair, you. wrath effects yeah. are just haven't been good in a while. They're not, they're not wrath effects anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, like wrath effect. Like, the only, in my opinion, the only good wrath effects in this format are mm-hmm. the black ones because they complement the removal and they also make sure you get creatures like seasoned hollow blade and, and bullshit. And so, yeah. Like, uh, and also, you know, planeswalkers and, I mean, you know, haste creatures. Like, uh, 
there's there's just so many reasons why wrath effects aren't good it's um, so true because you wrath somebody and then they get to go first to replay their stuff and the only time that i ever feel like i'm advantaged when i cast a wrath effect is when i extinction event and i get to keep two creatures and they get to keep like one 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 or something you know so yeah, I totally agree. Wraths are just like tempo, it, you know, ways to catch you up on tempo at this point, which is pretty sad. Yeah, they're just they're just not really like good effects in Magic anymore. And like I said, yeah. like Extinction Event does a lot of cool things. It exiles these creatures that uh, have double lives, like Troll. And so if they don't have a, a way to sacrifice it in play, then you can actually exile it permanently, which makes it a good card. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so the black wraths in standard are the only ones that I even consider playing because they have exile and they they complement cards, right? Like you can play an Elspeth's Nightmare, get a card out of their hand, then wrath the rest of their board, and then yeah. you feel like you're not just going to get completely destroyed the following turn because mm -hmm. you've you've done so much already. <laughs> yeah. And holy shit, if we could talk about a card, Elspeth's Nightmare, I think was a huge winner from Kel time being printed so far. That card just seems great against everything. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the card, and that's yeah. that's that's in the deck that I've been playing a lot of. I wrote about it actually for Star City Games today. So anyone that has premium, get over there. And if you don't have premium, get it because you also get a free qualification uh, for uh, the the third satellite of every single week on the SCG tour. Um, yeah, and it hit, it's such a good deal. It's like seven ninety nine for premium, and then you get twenty one dollars in value if you play the tournament. So yeah, I think that is a great deal right now. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, I've been playing, you know, Soltai Yorion, which is pretty much just blue, black Yorion, but with binding the old gods. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you that card and Yorion is even better than when we talked about it. And of course it, we thought it was going to always be good, but it, it took some gameplay that made me realize that. So if you're on the play and you're up against like a green matchup, mm -hmm. being able to you know, call upon your Yorian for three mana on turn three and then binding and then blink it is so yeah. fucked up. It's so good because like you never have time, you know, the ECD is always too slow and, yeah. but being able to go Yorian, then you lose a little bit of, you know, what are they going to do? They play something, then you binding on turn four. And if they play something else, you blink it. And all of a sudden you have two extra lands. Like the game is over, but by, by the time turn six rolls around, you have, you have upwards of, eight mana and they mm -hmm. don't really have a board and god forbid that you just actually go elspeth's nightmare into binding the old gods into a yorian that you have in your deck you know i mean the yeah. draw you're explaining is not even your best draw you know so if you ever get to go omen of the sea into elspeth's nightmare into binding the old gods into yorian and you're on the play and they played love struck beast on three as their big thing <laughs> you shake their hand the game is yeah. over yeah no i'm with you that card has been unbelievable to me really i've impaired is. it with i've impaired it with lotus cobra in a deck and just the fact that you get the land during your main phase to then add mana yeah i thought that was pretty cute but cobra right now is very bad in an elspeth nightmare bone crusher world but i like i like so many things that are going on here but i can't <laughs> play this deck why because i i made a promise to myself that i'd never put four mace mine tomes in a deck ever again <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and you would, you know, that is a good rule actually, because, um, the card that it's, it's messed up because it's so good against the other blue decks, but it is not good against the green decks. It, yeah, it's such a hit. Yeah. The cards like that is just so hit or miss. Ah, oh, man, it's, 
And the thing is, it's so good against the other blue decks, except the decks that are also blue white and play Skyclave. Like, so I, I'm not even a believer that that card is better than Golden Egg in this deck. You know, like, I I don't know. I I have not been a Maze Mind Tome fan either. And I, I would love any other two mana, you know, piece of card advantage there to blink with Yorian. I don't agree with that. Like, I mean, I've had games where Maze Mind Tome is busted. You know, don't get me yeah, wrong. You, you can draw, draw three cards, you blink it with Yorian, yeah. you never run out of gas. That's sweet, but. Oh, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Brian. And that, that is a good rule to apply. And <laughs> truth be told, I really have been enjoying playing Sultai Control. Um, but like, if you told me that like I had to register for MPL in a day, you know, in two days and I have a day to test, I would not be trying to tune this. I'd be trying to tune some Naya bullshit deck, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have been enjoying it. I think it's fun. I think it's worth playing if anyone enjoys these kind of decks. I have mm -hmm. I have just been enjoying the uh, Yorian pinch that you put people in with binding. Um, I have not been liking my experience against the other blue decks, so I might be putting it down for a while. And truth be told, the other blue decks might just be the best decks in the format, which is sad, but it just rogues and is it just might be the best decks until we find <laughs> out how to attack both together. Yeah, um, I'm still under the impression that if you just put three to four escape cards in any deck you play, I just don't find rogues match up that hard, you know, um, but you do have to be prepared for it or you get run over. But if you are prepared, I don't I don't feel the, pro the problem with that, Corey, is that like it has been pretty much proven by all the data and just everyone that I've talked uh -huh. to. It's not been proven by who I've talked to, but I'm under the assumption that rogues has such a high ceiling of skill that playing against on the ladder when they don't know your your deck list compared to playing it against like Luis Scott Vargas who knows your deck list is just night and day differences. Totally yeah. true. And totally way, way more there. like the difference between playing against a random person on arena and LSV in a perfect information matchup while he's playing rogues is way mm -hmm. different than when he's playing cruel. But 90% of the people that play Magic do not have to play against Luis Scott Vargas in the MPL gauntlet, you know? Oh, I, so, I, I completely yeah. agree with that. And so mm -hmm. I do agree with what you're saying for other things, but especially when you're playing against higher level people in like, let's say an SCG Satellite or Championship Qualifier, mm -hmm. um, with on Melee where where the tournaments have perfect information, then then, you know, things might be a little different. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. My nightmare scenario is having to play against Paulo playing rogues. You know, it's like, yeah. I, just, I feel like no matter what I'm playing or what I have access to, that I'm at a disadvantage. Like, yeah, he looks into your soul, you know? <laughs> I, that's just how I feel. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm in agreement with what Brad said. Like, no, I actually yeah, thought I, about I, that. I no, I, this is just a little off topic, but I just thought about it. Since, um, SCG's not doing coverage anymore. I wonder if open decklist is even like a necessity anymore, but I guess that's just how everyone's used to playing online tournaments now, so it's going to stay that way. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's the same for the Pro Tour, why those became open decklist. Well, that's because so the, of coverage. But also the people that walk around with notebooks scouting every single team, and then those teams have advantages. Well, but but that's, yeah, but we're, we're in an online, everyone's sitting at home playing a magic tournament online with no coverage. Yeah, it's effectively it's effectively, you know, the same way, you know, mythic qualifier online, different structures. But mm -hmm. aren't open, you know, there's no aren't open deck lists required to make sure that people aren't um, cheating. Yeah, cheating. 
Oh, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, makes sense. that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody just cast a card that's not in their list. If you don't have yeah, open deck list tournaments, you're like, that's chill. But if they do, then it's like, you can't do that. Yeah, that that yeah, that there it is. All right, next up. Uh no, um I mean that that kind of sets the I, I honestly think that that you know the top decks right now are rogues, is it and gruel in some variety of gruel naya. Um you know, we we have like team of ramp and boros to talk about, but honestly I think those two decks are like are just not you know, everything else I haven't been impressed with. I haven't been impressed with the Yorion piles, the Boros decks, uh, mm. the Teamer decks. I, honestly, like if 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 I got to tell you what to do for those at home, is it's boring. But look at the is it decks. Look at the Demir Rogues lists and look at different builds of Gruel. And I think that those are what are going to shine this weekend. Now maybe that leaves an opening for Monogreen Food. I don't know what Monogreen Foods matchup is like against these uh, these is it decks. It's probably not yeah, that, good. It's, it doesn't seem good. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem good at all, to be honest. You know, I mean, one card that could give these blue decks trouble is In Search of Greatness. If these green decks are playing that, that's one way to just get ahead of Counterspell decks. But it's also just such a high variance card where it's just so bad sometimes. Oh, that I they can just also wreck you, you know? Yeah, I don't even think that that's what I would want to put in my deck. But yeah, those those decks also like just run into But if you're counters. afraid of blue decks, if you're afraid of blue decks, maybe that's something you have to try. Otherwise, just a green deck that plays at sorcery speed, you're not going to compete, you know? So yeah. it, it might still be bad, but it's something I would try if I was trying to um, fight against these decks. Yeah, I mean, like, Mono Green is was I thought was a little behind Rogues, um, depending on how they were built. Mm -hmm. um, these obviously these versions that play One of Mind and uh, Domination Main are good against Green decks. Um, yeah. those are scary, but yeah, so that's probably not good either. It's just probably good against the gruel decks, but not the other decks. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I, maybe yeah, week it's just one, a blue it's blue world. decks. Yeah. Week one. I think it's blue decks to beat. I'm in total agree with agreement with you. Um, the one thing I do want to bring up about like the team or ramp decks, I think they're completely unfocused and they're not good right now, but I just still, I'm hanging on to hope of glimpse of the cosmos kind of being that glue that, that could hold together a nice shell. Because that card has impressed me at just being able to find your late game stuffs. You know, if you're playing against these blue decks, maybe find Coma as the uncounterable threat to play. Um, that's something I'm keeping an eye on as well. But I totally agree with you it right seems, now. It They're seems just not too slow. Enough. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I, Kess, I, yeah. I think Glimpse of the Cosmos, um, like, I haven't built it yet. But, like, I, I was thinking about, like, a, you know, Rakdos Mill, but splashing blue for, like, Counterspells and glimpse, like glimpse main, and then mm -hmm. counterspell sideboard. Like if if the Rectos mill deck self mill, um, yeah, ever became popular again or good, I could see a blue splash for that because I've seen it firsthand where people like either cast a Bonecrusher Giant or bring back uh, uh, Croxa and then mm -hmm. cast the glimpse immediately, and I'm like, well, that was pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I played a deck like that on Versus early on, and, you know, you had sideboard of, like, the Battle of Frost and whatever. Um, and then you just played all Giants, you know? Crocs is a Giant. 
You just play Bone Crusher and stuff. Then you got then you play um God, what was it? Timoret and Meyer Triton as your mill cards. And God, there I, I think it was that saga that said it doesn't kill zombies and giants. So there was something that interacted with zombies and giants, which made it kind of cool, you know? Um yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even know if you go down the gimmick plan. I think you just go down the, like, I'm a Rakdos midrange deck uh, yeah. that just has this, like, a few, maybe a few counter spells and has glimpse. And you might treat glimpse like uh, like you do Naya's White for the mana base, where you just play the, the eight dual lands and... Mm. And Fabled Passage in one island. The problem with that is your self-mill, so you might mill the island. Yeah, it's also yeah, awkward to play right. an island with Croxa in your deck, but yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and I won't even play all four glimpses. I mean, you could just like free roll a few copies in your deck and eight sources for it, and maybe maybe you want a ninth. And it's probably not good. It it sucks that there isn't a Grixis Trium, um, for that strategy. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Rakdos's mana base has been fucking heinous for so long. You really need a dual land to make that work. It it feels like some amount of dual yeah. lands, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't seem good enough to me. And the like, even just Croxa being brought back and just getting bounced with Brazen Bar or just drowning the locked, you know? I mean, to be fair, the Rakdos deck is going to be good against rogues, right? Like, wasn't that kind of proven with just having main deck Croxas and all that graveyard yeah, and interaction? I, and, and I have found the threatened, the new threatened versions of Rakdos to be also good against Gruul. Um, okay. These like eight threatened effects plus um, uh, the card that you sacrifice and draw two cards. Uh, village rights, yeah. Yeah, village rights builds. The the these these builds I've found they they were starting to get popular at the end of the season because they were I think they're both good against Gruel and Rogues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no idea what they're like against. Is it? I assume they're bad. Uh, yeah, they're, you do get to play against the Sultai deck that I play. And you do get to play Velky in that list, which is kind of cool. But yeah, but Bone Crushers and Frostbites, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem good enough to me either, but it does sound, uh, you know, like it'd be fun to try. Maybe, you know, ladder with a little bit. I just think magic has to get rid of counter spells for us to enjoy it. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, that, that would be good for magic, right, Brian? Uh, ooh, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's where we're at for this week. Uh, agree or disagree, let us know on social media. Or in the Discord. Um, and, you know, next week we'll hopefully have... Uh, I'll be playing again uh, some tournaments this weekend. And so... So, bro, so bro, a closing thought. What would you play if you if you were going to play an SCG right now? I, I'm... I'm I, I, well, if I had to play right now, it'd be tough because I don't... I want time to tune. Give me... The hypothetical is I get a day to work on stuff. Yeah, if you had a day or five if, hours or something. Yeah, if I had if I had some time to work on stuff, um, I mean I know exactly what I'm gonna do. It's not a hypothetical. I'm going to mm-hmm. start work tuning a gruel deck and an is it deck. And whatever deck okay. I feel is better. Not gruel. When I say gruel, I mean like some they're probably gonna be a splash of white. Yeah. Gruel or nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe showdowns in the sideboard. Yeah, something. I don't know exactly know oh. what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to be tuning those two decks and I'm probably going to play one of them because like I, I will say that my is it deck is going to be Gadwick heavy in the sideboard and okay. my gruel deck uh, is most likely going to play the white cards in the sideboard or maybe like play one white card main with eight pathways and, and I'm going to start with the planes in the sideboard and see what I like about it because I do think that there is something there because there are just matchups where you don't want like 
the equipment or the artifacts and you mm -hmm. know having like three showdowns and two vivians seems like a great top end when i don't want my amber clues and great hinges but um you know i i, I like the idea of having five different big permanents as my like after sideboard i pick which ones i want i do like that okay. cool yeah for me uh i would either copy your is it list that you're going to be tuning and play that or uh, the only other thing that I want to work on, I'm probably not going to work on it this week just because I'm having a limited week on stream, but is transitioning my Jeskai Blink deck into just Jeskai Control, kind of like your Sultai deck. Because the one thing while well, binding the old gods, I think is like, you know, just a much better card um, than this. But I've been really loving Omen of the Forge with Yoran. And that was basically the reason I wanted to keep going with Jeskai. Just killing so many meaningful creatures um, with it, but I am still running into the problem of is it tempo, um, just absolutely slapping me up. That's why I cut like Charming Prince and stuff like that, just trying to fundamentally change the deck to be able to compete with it. And if I found a way to compete with that deck, I would play it. Um, if not, I think I'd just play is it as well. My, my gut says, especially with my struggles with Sultai and the is it matchup, is mm -hmm. my gut says that it's just an, going to be an inherently rough matchup for any same and yeah. any Yorion deck because all of the creatures they punish you every time you try to tap out and sometimes your draw just forces you to tap out because you yeah. don't play a flash game as well as them exactly and that was the mentality i had as well and that's why i tried to just switch to all sharks all omens you can flash in and then your only sorcery is as like ECD showdown and Yorians, but I'm I'm under the exact same impression. I just don't think it's it's possible to make it better. Um, but you know, not to say I'm not going to at least try. But yeah, we're on the same wavelength. On yeah, that you're, one. you'll never give up your Yorian. They, uh, they make never. They make you never. tap out every time you have to tap out. Effectively, is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I really like this rogue. What about you, Brian? What would you play? I like this rogue deck uh, that that Joel Fernandez played. I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I'd probably change like one or two cards here or there, but it looks great mm -hmm. to me. I'd I'd probably run with something like that. I mean, it's like yeah, you know, and it's I, like no new cards basically, but you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and I think me and Brad both very much steered away from rogues at all costs, and you leaned into it and played it, you know, for league weekend and stuff. So it makes sense that both me and Brad are just not even considering this deck, even though we both just talked about how good it is. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, I, I do think that Rogues is really good. Um, I just haven't played with it a ton, Same. and yeah. I, I would have to sit down and grind it a lot. And I might because uh, it might just be the best deck. And at the end of this month, you know, I have, you know, our tests are due and we have to play League Weekend. Yeah. Um, yep. But I, I just, you know, one of, one of the reasons why I think that I'm good at Standard is that I identify how I'm going to win certain tournaments. And I don't think Blue Mirrors is how I beat the other best players in the world because they have made careers winning with blue cards. God, a I lot just, of them have. I just, as soon as you said that, Brad, I just imagined, you know that gif of uh, Adam Sandler, like, this is how I win from his Uncut, no. uncut Gems movie? You've never seen that one before? I don't think I have either. Uh, oh, yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, like, you just said I have, that, yeah. and I just immediately thought of, like, Brad, like, this is how I win. <laughs> Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true, you know, like I I have always steered towards the 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 other decks that attack the blue decks as opposed to play the blue decks cuz like I just picture it it's like I've beaten William Jensen many times in magic, but never when we both have counter spells in our hands. Yeah. 
Yeah, nope. I think that would be a uh, smart smart thing to avoid as well, and I would do the same. I mean, that's, I, I kind of feel the sa- same way, but I just kind of gravitate towards these types of decks. The power, yeah. But, you know, my best league weekend was when I played Gruel, so, <laughs> you know, maybe I <laughs> that's what I should be doing. I don't know. Gruel smash! BBD smash! Oh, Alrighty, well... I think I am going to uh, call it because I think our, our yeah. delivery should be coming here soon. But we have a little we have we have something to do before the end of the show, everyone. What is it? Uh, well, we have these wonderful patrons that support our podcast. Oh. And uh, each week uh, we talk about the jobs that they do around here. Mm, OK, I, I think I remember this. Yeah, Let's we, start we call, it up. We, with... we, we call it the casting crew. Oh, oh, sounds like a very, you know, luxurious position for everyone to be in. It's not. I don't know if it's it's not. It's, it's not. not at all. No, okay, these, okay, these, okay. These I knew it was gl- one or the other. Glutton yeah. for punishment, these people are. But before we get into that, all I right. do just want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the Bachelors podcast. We again, a friendly reminder that if you want to become a five dollar uh, per month supporter, you will have access to to our Bash Bros Battles Tournament on the 20th, which is giving away $1,000 of BCW store credit, a fun tournament all around, hanging out in the podcast. We've also, for those of you out there, uh, we are trying to organize about uh, once a month, we've been organizing a Among Us game, and we're playing Mm -hmm. Among Us Mm -hmm. next week. And if you are interested in that and want to join our Discord, um, we can get you in on that rotation. We already have, now that looking at it, like, I didn't yeah. think so, but we have 10 people queued up. And Corey, yeah, and, and I'll finally and show time, Corey the map. This time, yeah, y'all are going down. The first time I played, I could not find the map at all. And I like even Googled it, but I just could not find it. And it was just in a nice tab in the Discord. So I was just walking oh, man, around yeah, blind. Brian, Brian there's, a, yeah. there's a room in the Among Us, under mm. the Among Us category called map. Mm. Yeah. So instead, I was just like running around into the darkness, and Brad would stalk me and murder me right away. And I'm like, okay, this sucks. But now that I know where to avoid, I'm gonna stay alive for a little bit longer. What's so great, Brian, is also Corey, when we were playing, would just walk to parts of the map that there's no reason to be at. So no one's gonna find him. Yeah, and I would just stalk yeah. him and kill him in these places he's wandering at. That just he does not belong. <laughs> and then Brad's like, "So did you have fun, bro?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that should be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to doing it again. Um, yeah. So anybody who is in the in the Discord can uh, join in on that, um, as well as anybody who is at a certain tier will be a part of the cast and crew. And you guys ready to rock it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So first up, we got Bino Gatista and actually got a slight promotion. It was a, it was a, um, you know, a, just a straight intern, completely unpaid, but upped it up to just underpaid intern. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bino, Bino Gatista is new to the cast and crew and, and did a really good job for the first week. So I thought we would pay them very little. Right. Smart. Yeah. All right. We got S. Saruti, and that is our business analyst yeah it's a shitty job but someone's got to do it (laughs) (laughs) all right fucking speaking of shitty jobs inside (laughs) esports is up next and there are chungus wrangler and the fucked up thing is chungus sounds so bad until i googled it and then i thought 
maybe it's worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> is there is there a chungus among us here? As oh, <laughs> that's next Thursday. We figure out who's among us. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got Ian Pasella, and that is BBP's leading resident pastafarian. Oh, man, do I love carbs, and do I love Ian for just supplying us with this much pasta? All right, we got Richie, and that is the Bash Bros accountant, and Richie is telling us that things could be looking pretty good once we get our new uh, Four Seasons shirts. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Oppo, who is our research director, did all that research and says we're going to make a lot of money on these shirts and everyone's going to buy them. Right. Wink, wink. Right. Arm. So when <laughs> it doesn't happen, what happens to Oppo? Yeah, uh, they still and continue that- <laughs> their job for as long as they want to keep it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and the reason why Brad was talking so fast there is our next member of the cast and crew, and that's WAPA. It's Brad's personal barista, which keeps Brad caffeinated at all hours of the day, night, you know, afternoon, all that. Also walks D. Also walks D, but refuses to take BBD for a walk or give him coffee. Yeah, I don't like any aspect of that. All right, we got uh, <laughs> Ad Ham, and that is our ghost writer. And I got to say, the most recent ghost story that Adam was telling us involved chainsaws outside of Corey's window. And it was it was a Mm. little kind of a scary story, but apparently a little too real. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're actually just cutting down trees everywhere to, like, fix some pipes in the area. And that's been going on for, like, a month and a half. So we haven't had a backyard where our dog can run around in because they have the fence taken down so that when and if the people come to fix the pipes, they can bring their bulldozer into our backyard, cut open the ground, and chainsaw all the trees, and we just have to wait for it. Pretty cool stuff, y'all. Destroying nature to fix broken man-made inventions. That is a beautiful story. Corey, beautiful story. Yeah, it's 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 like the, we were warned about this with different pipelines that this kind of stupid shit would happen. But yeah, well, another okay. beautiful story comes from our next person on the cast crew, which is David Watt, who does a wonderful job of bringing on a wonderful person every week, and they're the special guest screener. Mm, love that. Mm. We also have Paul K. Sarowski. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that is BBD's wall-staring photographer. He photographs BBD as he stares forlornly, not into the distance, but into the depths of his own soul, manifested in the off-white color of the walls in his basement. Wow. Next up, we got Max, who is Corey's (laughs) linguistic coach. Corey, how's it going? I speak good. You speak fine. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. Still need work, I guess. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, we got one of the most valued members of the cast and crew by a lot. And that's Phil. Phil is just day in and day out, just taking everything up to 11. You know, some some members of cast and crew, they coast around eight or nine. Phil's always up to 11, always early. Just really, Phil's really doing great, a great stuff job. Phil. Doing a great job. Keep it up. You know, I thought we had figured out a job for Phil, but I honestly can't remember what it is, which is pretty on brand. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Impressive. All right. Next up, we got JP, <laughs> and that is the BBP general manager. And I'm going to go real dark with this one, because why not? Ooh. Uh, a 
I'm a little nervous because there's been a lot of recent stories of various uh, people in general manager type positions in the sporting world, baseball in particular, who are uh, a lot of allegations about some serious misconduct. So I'm hoping that that doesn't impact us here at the BBP as well. So. All right, not a clue what you just said. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, and that is our designated mana dork. And I feel like this week, with in honor of Brad Nelson coming back to Star City Games and playing a Sultai deck, I'm going to go a little outside the box, and we'll put Binding Binding the Old Gods in there. Yeah, yeah, Yorian is now the new designated mana dark, and that just finally completes the list that Yorian Sky Nomad officially does everything. (laughs) <laughs> he does it all but none of it well uh all right. yeah 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 it doesn't work we got though. eric nall who is our bbp trash man not, not janitorial service just trash man right yeah trash. He, yeah doesn't clean the floors or anything only takes trash <laughs> uh, what a journey he's been on and what a descent he has i mean yeah. that, that, that should be our selling spot you know you know work for the bbp see the world yeah. Yeah. I don't Worlds. know. He got outside of the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All See right. the atmosphere. <laughs> All right. Jeremy, uh, or Garamaldi is our merch store manager. And what's great about Garamaldi's job is all the new shirts that are. So uh, if you are on Poppy and iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, there should be a link to our merch store where you'll be able to buy one of our awesome t-shirts. Yeah. Or if you run into Garamaldi on the street, you can just ask him about it and he will not be able to help you. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Next up, we got Patrick and that is our office party coordinator. We're starting to see some party decks actually, you know, pop up in standard. All of them are bad, but all of Patrick's parties are also bad because we haven't been able to have them yet. But Patrick's time to shine is coming. All right. Next, we got Filippos Galanis, and that has come with a job change. So uh, <laughs> he, was, he was upset that I was not impressed with his uh, Esper Hero-related job title last week. So he is now Brad's soundboard operator. And I got to say, I'm a little sick of all the recent job changes that are going on, and I... <laughs> I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Great one. Great one, Filippos. <laughs> what else do I have on here? Filippos, what'd you add? There has been a murder. Ooh. Oh. Impressive. Impressive. <laughs> uh, I, I used that you know, one. I used that one in Among Us. <laughs> I think this is fucking bullshit, okay? I gotta, I gotta vent real quick, y'all, because now Brad has a spot where he gets to do something cool every time with his soundboard. <laughs> BB gets to crack a fresh pop every time. I don't have any cool... You know, sound effect I get to put on the cast. You pronounce things incorrectly sometimes. Chain. That's true. That is yeah. that is different. <laughs> you know, cha- cha- chainsaw, Corey. That's all I gotta say is chainsaw. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna get a chainsaw, and every time I talk about Victor, I'm gonna just let it rip in my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> that seems smart. <laughs> I don't know if that means what you think it means. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about. Yeah. Phrasing on that one. All right. All right. Next up, we have Laura, who is our CEO. And uh, 
And, and you know, I always thought it was the chief executive officer, but you know what it actually is? Hmm. Chain. Our Catholic education officer. Mm. Oh. Mm, yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. And, uh, and you, too, could find many different acronyms for CEO at acronyms.thefreedictionary.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, well, I did grow up going... I did grow up going to oh Catholic God. school. This one's the best. <laughs> Child explo- exploitation and obscenity. Child exploitation wow. and obscenity. Ooh, center of equal opportunity. Uh, I love these. Right. Uh, Next up, uh, we got Victor, and that is Brad's first place trophy holder. You know, Brad's got a few of them. Victor's Victor's got a, a decent job to do, but when Brad keeps stealing BBD's trophies as well, then Victor's really got a full-time job on his hands. You really let that one rip in the bedroom, Corey. A good job. <laughs> what? Uh, did you not hear what he just uh, said? Oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, Dr. Unks, <laughs> less and very much least, Dr. Unks, <laughs> a resident proctologist... Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of doc. You know, usually a doctor note gets you out of something. I've been getting a lot of doctor <laughs> notes about having to visit Doctor Unks and not, yeah. not my a, thing. A lot of a lot of doctors' notes get you out of thing. Doctor Unks' doctor notes gets him into things. <laughs> <laughs> not in a good way. Not in a good way for you, but in a funny way for us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, well that does it. That is our cast crew. Thank you so much for all the support, everyone. Honestly, uh, we have sent out for shirts. Uh, so the next run of shirts uh, for your rewards are in. I don't know when they'll be out. Sometime this month, but uh, sent off to the printing press. Um, and yeah, that's all I've got. I'm 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 fading. I didn't eat breakfast, so and my and my coffee is. Is run dryeth, so I'm I'm gonna let y'all go. I'm I'm gonna go take a nap. Did yeah, he say f- run dryeth? He did. I'm full Dak as well. I'm with Brad on this one. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next week to see how wrong we are about what decks uh, succeeded. Oh, we're not in wrong because we just did the low hanging fruit. We just talked about the best decks for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Not close. Well. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Dak fades.